Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Calder Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone, as we continue the month without hockey. Echo added for dramatic effect, or as normal people tend to call it, August. We are going through the dog days of summer, everyone, and in case all of you didn't know, that's actually for um, named after the Saint Patriarch of Dogs. Go ahead and Google it. It's a real thing, I assure you. But as always, as a tradition here on the Grit and Barrett podcast, as we head through the summertime, we love talking hockey. We love bringing on one of our favorite guests, guest, friend of the podcast. I say it all the time for all you regular listeners out there. The voice of your Hershey Bears, the man with the chocolate pipes himself, Mr. Zach Fish joining us himself. Zach, welcome aboard, brother. And um, how you feeling after? in this summer championship summer yeah you know what it's been fun doing this as a regular tradition with you richard and it's a lot more fun now doing it as calder cup champions uh obviously a dream come true for everyone in our organization uh to be able to put that 12th championship banner up here uh, in a couple months when we open the season at giant center is going to be uh, another memory to add to the list of things that i won't forget but you know we'll get into it what a run 
what a team, so many moments, so many times it looked like we were down but not out and found a way to win. So uh, it's been a lot of fun celebrating, and now we quickly transition right into new players, new signings, planning for the new season as it's a, it's a short summer before we go for our title defense. Yeah, that, that that's the one downfall of uh, winning a championship is, of course, a s- short summer, whether it's the Stanley, the Calder, or even the Kelly Cup. It is indeed a short turnaround. But let's go back to, to the playoffs. Fans will never tire of, of hearing it. Um, for you as for, for you as a play-by-play man, um, was it a bit of a um, a grind at times because of because of all the travel and you know the fact that we were going all the way till practically the beginning of summer in, in June 21st? Or do you just expect that as being a broadcaster? You know what? It was a grind, but I don't think you really realized it until after. Um, you were just so focused on the goal and still going. You know, I remember talking to a friend whose team didn't make the playoffs, and you know, he had been on vacation for six weeks at, at that point, or at least on in summer mode for six weeks, and been on vacation for a couple of them. And you know, we hadn't even been thinking about that. We were playing in the Rochester Americans in the conference finals and trying to go to the Calder Cup finals. So it's just a different world. It is a grind in there, but you know, for the sake of we had 13 days off at the beginning, and then you know there's a little bit of time between this two series. We swept Hartford, so we had to wait to see if it was going to be Rochester or not, and that was quickly found out. So there are little breaks in there from the conference finals to the Calder Cup finals. That was a grind with the travel, going to Coachella, not a lot of times between the games. It really all flew by, and it was a much quicker series than you'd think for a series that went the distance just because it was so compacted in there, especially winning game five and then going back and playing two days later you know, on the complete other side of the country. So really for the league, Richard, if you think about it, it's the first coast-to-coast finals they've had since their California migration, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty cool to, to be a part of that. But you know, there were certainly days where uh, you would look around and it would be 95 degrees outside and – um, you'd be going, wow, we're still playing hockey. And as special as it was, uh, you know, you tried to battle through and not think about those things and being tired. And I'm just talking, these guys got all the battle scars on them. So I can only imagine, you know, how beat up and tired they were at the end after, you know, a couple sleepless nights celebrating too. Oh, de- definitely. And um, for some odd reason, I always thought like Palm Springs was in Northern California. So that's why people who listened to me during the finals, I kept saying no cow when really they were in Southern California out there in the, in, in the Palm desert. But um, what outside of a uh, game, you know, game seven, Mike Vecchioni, we'll get to that after this. Um, what was like, outside of winning the cup, what was one of your like favorite experiences during, during the whole run? You know what? I, there's a couple. Um, I would say probably you got to look at game five at home. I mean, that's, that's right up there uh, with, with winning the cup. I, I mean, just because we were at home in our building, we won the game in overtime. What more could you ask for? The giant center was as loud as I've ever heard it. You know, I used John Walton's quote in, after my call in there that the decibel levels were so loud, it seemed as the roof itself was going to come off or, you know, something along those lines. It, it mm-hmm. was loud. It was something that still gives me goosebumps going back and watching, listening, uh, looking at the different angles that the great safe productions captured from it. Um, that moment is something that I will never forget, just the aftermath of our fans not wanting to leave. You know, they knew it was the last time they were going to see their Bears and the aftermath of that um, was really awesome. There were some great moments uh, along the way uh, of us overcoming the hump on things, you know, winning 
in Rochester to advance to the finals. You know, a one nothing nail biter is up mm-hmm. there as well. But one of the coolest experiences for me is still uh, nothing's going to beat winning and, and celebrating. But celebrating with the fans and doing our championship celebration was you know absolutely awesome. That was something that was a really special event to be able to host that at Giant Center and looking out to see how packed it was. Uh, I'm not surprised because it's our fan base that's so good, but. It was something that was uh, a moment where it was a bit of an out-of-body experience where, you know, you realize finally, really for the first time that we did it, we won the cup, and here we are celebrating it. There's going to be another banner hanging up there. And since I've got here to Hershey, it's uh, in 2016, it's been chase for number 12 and chase for number 12. And well, now the chase for number 12 is complete. So to be able to host that event um, and celebrate it with our fans, and, you know, I was there signing autographs for the entire four and a half hours. I still don't know why people want my autograph, but uh, <laughs> just to be able to interact with the fans and see them and hear what it meant to a lot of them, that was pretty darn cool as well. It, it's truly great that, you know, you know, we, we like you say, we say that, you know, me saying it on the podcast, you saying it on um, on the broadcast of Hunt for 12, Roaring for 12, whatever it is. Now we finally got it. Now it's it's always with us, you know, onto the proverbial net onto the to the proverbial next one. But it's still kind of surreal that that we actually uh, did it. So I'm um, turning to uh, to game seven, and um, um, this is a question I've been kind of been wait, waiting to ask you probably since the day after the goal was scored. Um, your call, sweeter by the dozen. How long have you been sitting on that, or was that just something in the moment? You know what? I knew I wanted to say that somewhere in the call. And I think I might've given you or somebody the same answer, you know, sweet cuddly mayhem. Where did that come from? I knew I wanted to use sweet cuddly mayhem going back to that, but I didn't know if it was going to be the first thing out of my mouth. It was going to be, you know, after the fact, once things had died down, if it was going to be what we put on social media or the headline on the website, it just, I knew we wanted to use it somewhere. And then obviously with sweet cuddly mayhem, that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. That was not the first thing that came out of my mouth uh, being sweeter by the dozen but it's been something that I've known I want to use for a long time. And, you know, I can't say that I'm the only one that's thought of it. I know uh, Brock Kirchner, who I used to work with, with the old barn hockey show, sent mm-hmm. me a uh, you know, sweeter by the dozen sign that he had made, I think, in the conference finals or maybe for early in the Calder Cup finals. And I said to him, ha, oh, that's funny. You know, I, I, I plan on using that somewhere in my call if we're lucky enough to get there. So um, it, you never I think, script anything out completely uh, because it's going to sound forced. So, but you do have certain things in mind that you want to get in there, but you don't know how the flow is going to be. It took me a while to listen to the call because I just knew I was pumped. I didn't know what I said. I didn't know where I went with it. I knew that phrase got in there and I wanted to get it in there. But, uh, you know, it's something where uh, I, I think my emotions showed in that call more so than maybe a lot of other calls. And that's just being as ingrained as, ingrained as I am with the team and, and getting to know a lot of these guys and, you know, the Brian Helmer's the world that I work with every day. It's tough not to get a little bit emotional because it's uh, it's our life. Uh, we love it. We have such passion for it. And, you know, no, I'm, I'm not a player. I didn't put the puck in the net. I didn't make the saves. I didn't block the shots. But you, know, you put a lot of long hours into it. And you want to see these guys succeed. And you want to succeed for the fans that live and die by the team. So to be able to do it um, and, and to get that phrase in there, it really was sweeter by the dozen. And, you know, it's going to be really cool when we put that 12th banner up in the fall. It it definitely is, and um, j- and trying to say this correctly, like like that line and your call is going to be put up there with John Walton, Dave Mishkin, and Bears highlights for years. 
So with that, you know, like, like that call, like, you know, you gotten yourself, like, again, trying to say this right into bears pantheon into bears lore, that call is going to go because of what it was. It was a Calder cup winning goal. Mike Vecchione just chipping in a scramble out in front was just, it, it was a great moment. And, you know, now he got the first, he got the last of the entire run. The bears depth pretty much carried them through the Hartford and the Rochester series that a lot of us fans felt like we were, we were robbed of a, of a cup because of COVID and the shortened season. It really felt like the, the timeline was sort of, was sort of corrected and that the bears kind of got the cup that, that they were, that, that we were lack of better words, rightfully owed. Like we've known we've had a good team for the past couple of years, but just oh, yeah. never had that shot to do it because of circumstances. And now this, this organization and this team, you, Helmer, the guys that had been there through it, finally got got their cup. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I really think that 2019-20 team that had the year shut down because of COVID, you know, had a lot of similarities to this team. We had a great coaching staff, obviously an NHL coach now, and, and Spencer Carberry, and we had some really good veterans and really good young players, a great mix. And I would have loved to see how that would have played out um, had we gotten through the Providence Bruins. I think we had as good a shot as anybody, at least to get to the Calder Cup Finals. But, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back on those and think what if. But it's nice to have the one now. I feel for a guy like Matt Molson who was here for a couple of years and, and never got to win it when he came here to win it. That's why um, hopefully it brought him some joy seeing some of the guys that he played alongside, even though his body can't do it anymore, winning a championship and knowing that he helped mentor them along the way. So even though it's not him lifting it, he, he certainly played a part uh, over the years, but you know, I appreciate the kind words uh, on the call. And obviously it is something that will live uh, forever, regardless of uh, what, what the call was. It's, it's such mm -hmm. a moment that, is iconic and, and really happened in the league's history. And the one other time was a different circumstance 70 years ago. So um, it was really cool, Richard, I'll say. And I know he's a friend of the podcast as well, a friend of yours, friend of mine. And and I thought it was really cool having John Walton there for the entire run. The Caps missed the playoffs and John called me um, right before our run and said, hey, we want to come down and do this. Are you guys in? And, you know, having them there for a lot of it, including all the road games for the final two rounds is is great. I know they're going to come up with some really cool things uh, to showcase to Bears fans from some of the footage that they got. But, you know, it became a nice little thing with uh, when we'd win in overtime, you know, John would burst in and give me a hug in there. But I didn't get to see him, obviously, after game seven because he was down there doing interviews until I got to the ice. But big bear hug there. Um, having his support was awesome. And, you know, I think he was probably more excited uh, for me to, to be able to, to call that than he was necessarily just to, to see a championship or for his times. So he just was so excited for me and for the organization to be able to do that. And that's why he's been a, a great friend and a mentor and, and someone that obviously I owe a lot to. So why Bears fans love him um, is for his calls and for his personality. And, and both those things uh, obviously are still true, but you know, his personality and who he is as a person certainly showed in that. And, and I'll always be thankful that he was there um, to, to celebrate that moment with me. That, that meant a lot. Agreed. And I'm glad that, that he, you know, what he did with the Capitals really provided that bridge between um, Hershey and Washington during, during that oh. playoff run. And it was, and me being up in set 217, we'd see him doing his interviews pregame up there among the, the very busy press row up there during, during the finals. I saw a lot of folding tables up there above us and, 
in 217, 217, 18. So last question about the, uh, the, uh, the finals. Um, can, can you let fan it fill in bears fans? What, uh, what, um, I'm going to say the name name wrong, but what, uh, as arena out in Coachella Valley was like, um, I know it is the newest arena in, in the league by a couple of months, I think beating out the tech CU center there in San Jose, but um, what what was the new arena in Coachella Valley like? It was awesome um, in a lot of ways. You know, it's a building that's new and shiny, um, and the atmosphere in there was great. It's a low ceiling. It's one really big bowl with suites, so the fans are, are right on top of you, and it's 10,000 crammed in there, and they're loud. They don't quite know because it's new there. You know, that's their, mm-hmm. their own team, and it's new to a lot of the people. They're building a fan base. They don't know what necessarily to cheer for. Well, you know, if a puck is dumped in on Hunter Shepard and he catches it with his glove and hangs on, a few Bears fans might clap, but they expect the goaltender to be able to handle that routine play. Well, that might inspire a Joey, Joey, Joey chant for Joey Decord in Coachella Valley because they're new to the game and they're impressed right now by anything and everything, and that's fine. We need – those type of markets in the American Hockey League, and it's a huge home run for the league. Every game in the Calder Cup Finals was sold out. You know, had the buildings been a little bit bigger, it would have set an attendance record um, right there with Hershey and Manitoba back in the day. So it was great. The building, I thought, in my impression, for facilities for the guys wasn't fantastic. Um, The locker room was very, very small. The only way to get onto the ice was through the middle of the dressing room. Uh, the stalls in the locker room, I think, were actually baseball or basketball stalls, not for hockey. So they were very yeah. tiny and crammed, and we obviously have a lot of players. And the setup was just kind of uh, very odd for the players' sake of it. Now, they do have access right to the locker room from the bench, which is great and a perk that you know the Giant Center has that a lot of buildings do not. Um, mm-hmm. And from my perspective, there wasn't really a broadcast booth built in. We were at a set of tables that was kind of roped off, similar to Wilkes-Barre, just a little bit wow. more secluded. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll say that was I was a little surprised by for being as new of a building as it was, it was gorgeous. They did a lot of things really well, but the concourses were tiny. And for me to try to get from the broadcast booth to use the restroom or to grab a water, whatever it may be, and get back in time was virtually impossible without one of the Fox guys filling in for a segment there just to get a bottle of water from the concession stand or to go to the water fountain or to use the facilities was was difficult it was wall-to-wall bodies and there was nowhere to go and you know it's something that you expect it to be busy and sold out but i was surprised how little flow there was for as new of a building as it was um so maybe my only major gripe from my perspective there but from where i called the game it's a great vantage point um you know little things you wish they had the crowd microphones and stuff like that that's standard in a lot of other buildings but i'm sure they'll get better i'm sure they'll make improvements whether we'll get to see those ever again i don't know um because it's (laughs) That's a, that's a long, long road trip, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool things in the atmosphere before, you know, game seven would have been awesome if it was a giant center, but it certainly sent chills down my spine there, just how loud and, you know, how much the game meant to everybody. And uh, another thing I'll give them credit for, they're building something special there. So many fans in that region are fans of all the different sports teams in that area, Dodgers fans, Angels fans, different football mm. teams. This is a team for them in Palm Springs and in Palm Desert, and the community has really rallied around them. So up to their staff to take that and continue to build on that and make it as successful in year five as it is in year one, especially if they're not a Calder Cup Finals caliber team in that year. But uh, they definitely built something special down there. And it seemed like, Richard, this odd collision course that maybe was going to happen. The newest team and the oldest team, and they were both neck and neck fighting for number one 
in their divisions all year long. And sure enough, it did happen. And obviously the result was what we wanted. Yeah. It, it's good to hear stuff like that because for all us fans, all we got was just, was just what the television showed us. And I think it's good sometimes that, that fans can hear a little bit um, to use the term inside baseball to know what, what goes on. And um, I'm sure, like you said, to be able to have that little bit of extra time, you would have run to have like an, an AHL plays of the week or plays of the year, a nice six or seven minute soundbite. You can go, all right, just play this in commercials and I'll be fine. Instead of <laughs> yeah. like you said, Jesse, mind the boat. I got, I got, I got to go out and, and hit the bathroom, but yeah. Um, but great. Yeah. Night. With the, with the TV broadcast, the breaks are pretty short because we come back and do a bunch of different segments. So oh, yeah. you got, you got limited time. So I tried to, but for me, it was more a matter of just making sure I had enough water in my system because in these playoffs, you you could go all night, right? So it was uh, yeah. something I stocked up on water bottles yeah. before game six and seven. And I'm glad I did since we, we went to overtime in game seven. Because uh, there was, on the concourse going to overtime, there was there was no getting there in the 15-minute extra session to even grab one bottle of water. No. And uh, before, before we uh, look ahead to this upcoming season, one of the uh, great celebration bites that put on social media um, was you going out onto the ice, grabbing – your little one, give, giving him a hug out there before going out and grabbing the cup. That's when I was like, I was really happy to see that, see that for you, Zach, and be able to go out there on the ice and celebrate with the guys, not just you and your family as well. So it was great, great to see that. And Bears fans saw that and appreciate that. I can say for a lot of fans that we do appreciate the hard work that you do, that, that you provide that bridge on the road, whether it be Laval, Wilkes-Barre, Charlotte, and somewhere else out west, just you know, just from Bears fans, thank you for what you do, Zach. Hey, thank you, man. And uh, I think it was Tony Andropitis of Inside HL Hockey that clipped that and put it out there. And mm-hmm. certainly wasn't expecting the response uh, to it, and didn't even know that AHL TV had captured it until <laughs> many, many hours later when uh, I finally started catching up on things on my phone. Um, but uh, that was cool, and to have yeah. my family out there, and I probably I looked like a terrible parent because I. My son comes over me, I pick him up and give him a quick kiss and just chuck him back down because I obviously <laughs> had my eyes focused on the cup and all the guys were yelling for me to come get yeah. it. So, um, you know, being on the air, obviously that's my job um, is to be up there, but uh, you want to get down there and celebrate. I didn't know if I was going to make it to be able to raise the cup on the ice or to be in the team photo, but, you know, Todd Sadowski did a great job down there. I think he got six to players. And mm-hmm. uh, at that point, our producer said, hey, we've got all the raises of the players. It's on staff now. Once we get the Todd Nelson interview, we're good to, to wrap it up for the night. We'll roll the montage. So when Nelly was done, um, you know, I put my headset down and sprinted down the closest stairs I could find. <laughs> and they gave us wristbands so we could get on the ice. And it just happened to be the time that, you know, they were about ready to do the team picture. And they had actually asked right before Jesse Liebman, our media specialist, you know, you want you raise the cup. It's your turn. And he said, fish is coming down right now. Um, so I got to pass it to Jesse, who obviously was a great co-worker for me and uh, pretty good luck. He won it in his first year uh, working with me here in our PR and uh, you know, media relations department. So uh, unbelievable moment. Uh, so appreciative of our guys for making me feel like a part of it. Um, obviously, they're the ones that put in all the hard work on the ice and coaches and staff can't say enough about them. But, uh, you know, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, it is a lot of work that goes into it. And like the players, you know, I'm missing family events and weekends and that's the job I chose and I got the best job in the world. But to be able to share that with my family, um, you know, made it absolutely everything all worth it. And, uh, you know, they're my biggest support system. So I can't say enough about them. 
Awesome. So we're done looking at the past. We're going to take a bit of a look at the season season coming up right after this. All right, hockey fans, before we continue on with the with the interview with Urinating Tree, just a quick reminder to thank the sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook, letting you know all new customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet just $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. It's the summer, but we still got lots of baseball coming up. Preseason NFL, if you're into that kind of thing, for you to get all your sports betting needs on. Maybe get a little practicing in before Lord Football returns to us full-time. And you can do that with DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or, visit, or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts. In West Virginia, have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charles town races in connecticut help is available for gambling problem call 888-729-7777 or visit ccpg.org 21 plus in most eligible states but age and age varies by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling restriction resources bonus bets expire seven days after insurance one boost per eligible game opt-in required max bet fifty dollars ten plus leg required for 100 boost eligibility wagering deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms all right bears fans it is august known as the month without hockey and i know some of you are struggling out there but just Keep memories of Game 7 in your mind to keep you warm as you head throughout the summer. But as all of us Bears fans are hitting the summertime activities, whether it's going out there to Hershey Park or whatever park you you fancy, maybe loading people up in the the RV and going someplace, or maybe going camping or whatever, folks, I'm here to tell you, you're going to need something to listen to, something to help you listen and take your mind off of all the vacation stuff you got to do this this time of year, whether it's listening to your favorite podcast, hopefully this one, or whatever podcast is out there, is out there. But just make sure that whenever you need a retreat from whatever is going on during the summertime, make sure you check out Raycons. Yes, sponsoring this podcast, Raycons has some great offers for you as we head into the summertime months. There's a lot that that goes on. Some of you prefer upbeat music to keep you going. Whether you're hitting that workout grind in 90 degree temperatures, you sadists, you. Or perhaps you just need something easy listening to while you're doing stuff around the house, doing chores, handling the pets, handling the kids, or both. You're going to need something great and Raycon can help you out out with that. Raycons is great for me 
for me, as starting with my new job, I can't listen to stuff at work any anymore. But when I'm home and I need to wind down, a good set of earbuds is what I need when I go for an after work walk to try and get some cardio in. And I listen to different sports podcasts that I love or the occasional wrestling podcast as well. The Raycon earbuds are great as they fit in my ear and I don't have to worry about earbuds with cords that I know are going to fall out. These are good products to to use. I want to be talking out here that hear about them if I haven't. But let me tell you folks, Raycon is definitely the best way to listen. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life that includes 8 hours of playtime. So you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. They come custom tips for comfortable in-ear fit that's not going to that that shouldn't hurt in 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 any way and they started over half the price of premium audio brands so they sound just as good and folks i've been in the market for earbuds for quite some time especially while i'm recording as we're going to head into a new season here in about uh, four to six weeks so as much as I love using the big headphones to record something a little bit sleek and more stylish and actually make me look like a credible video podcaster would definitely help out as well. And Raycons will. So create your own soundtrack this summer with with whatever it is. And Raycon can help you out with it. Right now, Grit and Barrett podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That buyraycon.com slash THPN save 15% on Raycons that's buyraycon.com slash THPN make sure you check them out Raycons a fine sponsor of the Grits and Barrett podcast and now back to the action and we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast summer edition voice of the Bears, Zach Fish joining us so as we we you know we spent a good amount of time talking about the playoffs and um it, it, unfortunately we got to roll on to the next season and not so much as in the HL as much in the NHL there is a bit of a cup tax sometimes guys got to move on and um, we've seen some bears that were instrumental in in helping us raise the cup did move on such is the nature of the beast in the American Hockey League. Zach Fukali heading off to Russia. That was kind of foretold, I think, back in the beginning of June. We knew that that, that was posted that was going to happen. But once the trade deadline hit, I think among Bears fans, the biggest surprise was Mason Morelli going off to, to Vegas, getting an NHL deal there. And as much as you're, you're – we're great to see a guy get an NHL shot – it always stings when you see a member of the brotherhood go off to, to the NHL and um, he, him and the others, but it seems like Mason was a really big part as to why the bears, you know, got as far, far as they did. Can't say enough good things about Mason Riley. We're going to miss him. One, I'm thrilled he got a national hockey league deal. He deserved at 27 mm-hmm. years old, undrafted, you know, really started in the ECHL and, and worked his way up the ladder. Um, you know, I know, uh, obviously, I think our organization from the Capitals down wanted to keep him um, and certainly have to imagine that uh, he had offers there on the table from multiple clubs, as was reported uh, from different NHL insiders that he had a lot of interest, including, you know, to stay here at home. And I talked to Mason after the fact and he said it was a really difficult decision to leave the organization, especially when there was potentially an option for him to stay 
but felt it was the best opportunity for him as a player to continue his growth and development. Um, you know, I obviously not privy to what maybe the Golden Knights organization told him about his role and chances to play in the National Hockey League, but that's the dream. And he went from, you know, barely playing in the pandemic year and putting up five assists and starting the ECHL, you know, to being a 12 goal scorer last year when we were so depleted to being a guy that can play on the first line or the fourth line this year. So heart and soul works his tail off, um, not an easily replaceable player. Uh, so to lose him was definitely difficult. And, you know, there were some guys you knew were going to move on. I fully expected Garrett Pilon to look elsewhere. I think you look at Travis Boyd, who did get more time in the NHL, so maybe not the greatest comparison, but like a Liam O'Brien that had yeah. a few games in the NHL. He goes to a different organization, different set of eyes, different people, different circumstances. And now he's a National Hockey League player and, you know, has secured the chance to live his dream. So for a guy like Pilon or a guy like Fucali, just something different um, it was probably in the cards. But you know, certainly hoping you could keep a guy like Morelli. And, uh, but on the flip side, thrilled he hopefully gets a shot to play in the National Hockey League this year in Vegas. Yeah, and, and you bring up Liam. I think that's a, an interesting comparison because Liam – you know, while he was a, a really good bottom six player for the Bears, he was a guy who could kind of do it all. Like you need you need a guy who's gonna push around in the corners, he'll do it. You need a guy who's gonna fight in front of the net, he'll he'll do it. You need a solid penalty killer, Liam could do that. And um Mason could do a lot of that as well, especially a big part in that o OT goal in game in game five. And even and even the um, the go-ahead goal in Rochester in game four, if I, my memory serves me correctly, um, he was such a big part of that. And I can always tell like like how much fans really liked it. Like whenever I post it on, on the fan club page, the responses of people are like, no, I don't want to see, see him go. Wow. And, when Mason, and when Mason was put up there, it was like 50 comments in like the first two days of of it was literally no my niece loves him my nephew loves him my daughter loves him just so many people didn't want to see him go but unfortunately it is the nature of wow. of the beast there is no real legacy players in the american hockey league um anymore um, yeah like you said it's crazy it's crazy but uh just you know i was right there with you i would have been commenting the same thing you know it, it's <laughs> mo and his family uh, are awesome people and um you know, he's he's a guy I'll definitely keep in touch with. And it is crazy to think, right, like there is really not a ton of guys that stick around forever. But yet, you know, the Bears have found a way, even with these departures, and I'm sure I'm leading into your next point, they got Vecchioni for two years and McElrath for two years and Shepard for two years, and maybe he'll get a shot in the NHL. But uh, Ness for two years and just they have built a nice little core of the veterans. They like some of those signed before the mm -hmm. playoffs, some signed after and, you know, Mike Scarbosa for two more years, even though he was hurt in the playoffs, it's going to be seven seasons, some weird years in there with COVID, right? But seven seasons when it's all said and done for him and Hershey, that's a really, really long run. So it's a testament to the organization, the fans that, you know, even though there aren't guys that uh, are the, you know, guys that stick around for absolutely forever, um, that we've had a few of late that want to commit longer than a year or two. So that's, uh, that is awesome to see despite losing some, some guys like Morelli that certainly are, are going to be sorely missed. No doubt. Agreed. And speaking of some new names come coming in um, the perhaps uh, two of the bigger sign signings, well, actually a couple of them, at least on the forward front, uh, Matthew Phelps coming in uh, from, um, or Phillips, I'm saying that correctly, from, from Calgary. Um, recently signed um, um, Alex Limagus from Manitoba 
Penn State product as as well. And even Mikkel du, uh, Dubé, who I, if, if I remember seeing correctly, was a teammate of Hendricks, LaPierre, and Juniors as well, if I have that correctly. So, um, you know, as much as we see guys coming out, I think um, Brian Helmer and the Caps did a good job of going out there and plugging the proverbial holes of guys leaving. Yeah, reloading for sure. I mean, I think the Bears might have a little bit more firepower with Scarbosa back and those guys than they they had this year. And it's no disrespect to Morelli or Pilon or any of those guys. But, yeah. you know, Matthew Phillips has been one of the best players in the American Hockey League the last couple of years. He's, you know, not a big guy by any means. He's, I think, what, 5'7 and 150 pounds. But uh, he puts up a ton of points and can score goals. Uh, and the Bears have really locked that true, pure sniper since, you know, Riley Barber or Chris Bork uh, left the team and a guy mm -hmm. that wants to puck on his tape. And while Phillips can be obviously a playmaker as well, if he is with the Bears, he's one of the best players in the league and one of the biggest free agent signings to impact Hershey from an NHL perspective in my time here since 2016 with the organization. So he is on a one-way contract, which doesn't mean that he can't come through waivers and come down to Hershey. Just means he's going to be paid an NHL salary no matter what place in the organization he is. But, um, you know, Mitch Love, the assistant coach, the new assistant coach under Spencer Carberry for the Capitals, coached him in Calgary in the American League. So there's some familiarity there. I imagine they're going to give him a good shot to make the team. Whether he does or not is to be seen. But if he's with the Bears, um, he's as good as it gets. And then, you know, a couple others that you mentioned that we just continue to add to it with Jimmy Huntington a couple weeks ago was a good player from mm -hmm. Milwaukee on an American League deal, but uh, Limoges is actually how you say it. Uh, Limoges, uh, the Penn State product that you, you mentioned a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a name that's going to take a while for all of us to learn, but I think we'll learn it pretty quick because you know, we put up 54 points in Manitoba. Obviously, he's another one of those little caps, local connection type of guys for the Capitals organization. And, you know, I, he kind of reminds me, even though he had a little higher point total than Mike Scarbosa is coming from the same organization, but, uh, you know, we didn't know a lot about the guy as far as his play as a professional, certainly people know him because of Penn State here, but Scarbosa, we just, we knew he put up a lot of points. Um, and then coming over across to a different conference, you know, we saw him really burst out. So I'm excited for him as well. Um, you know, I don't know a ton about Pierre Dubé, the other, uh, I know he's young, he's fast, he's got a good shot. He put up a lot of goals in a limited time with Laval. So they think he could be a diamond in the rough and there is some chemistry already there with, with LaPierre. So, Reloading, retooling, um, holes to fill. But with the cap situation, right, uh, they need a lot of call-up options, and, and they loaded the Bears with that for sure. Um, speaking of, I think um, Bears fans are going to have to keep an eye on Capitals training training camp, even though they, they made a good amount of free agent signings themselves. Um, we know Frank's going to get an extended look. They'll want to bring Connor McMichael up, uh, Beck, Protoss, you know, a lot of guys who really helped out last year, I think, you know, are they going to get extended looks in, in tra training camp or maybe uh, crack the uh, 13 forwards lineup, 12 or 13 forward lineup there in D.C.? Yeah, I think all those guys you mentioned, in addition to Joe Snively, in addition to Lucas Johansson particularly, are probably mm -hmm. going to get looks as well. There's maybe numbers stacked against all of them factoring into the Capitals, particularly on the defensive side for Johansson. But uh you know, they're going to need some forwards. Uh, I expect McMichael to be up there um, based on how things are shaking out, at least now. Could be wrong on, on any of these, but you know, I think he's going to get a real opportunity to play next year under Spencer Carberry. Uh, you know, Alexei Protis was up there most of the year. I have to imagine he'll be up there once again. And then Beck Valenstein did absolutely everything right in the playoffs to be the fourth-line left winger for the Washington Capitals. Uh, I would pencil him in 
I would write him in pen if I was the Capitals coach, but obviously <laughs> he's got to go up there and earn his keep. But I love what he did for the Bears in the playoffs. He's a warrior. He deserves that opportunity. we got to remember he played very well before getting hurt for the Capitals. We may never have seen him again if he didn't yeah. sustain that injury against Vegas back in November. So uh, Snively's another one that didn't get a ton of minutes up with Washington. is on a one-way contract next year as well. Uh, he only finished first on the team in points in the playoffs. So even though maybe it wasn't necessarily always the goals and the high-flying plays that we saw from him two seasons ago, uh, you know, he's another guy that's played well in limited NHL duty. So add that, add the call-ups. Uh, all these guys are going to get a good look. So the roster could certainly be in flux. Um, but, you know, the, these guys going far in the playoffs and the Capitals brass and four, five, six people from the Capitals being here every night for some of these big games and impressing at them is only going to help all these guys in the long run make their case coming into training camp. Agreed. Like if, if the, the playoffs were one big tryout, you had a lot of standout perform performances. Um, so on, you know, the, the, the defensive end, glad to see Logan day coming back. He was signed earlier in earlier well, in the week when we recorded this a couple weeks ago. And, um, but one really like last big question is the goaltender situation. Um, does Hunter get a lot of a really good look in D in DC as well and uh if so what does that do for the bears do we see more clay stevenson maybe gibson as well you know i think clay stevenson's uh going to be on the roster here for hershey this year my thoughts on based on depth chart as of today and again mm -hmm. things could move but you know i think it would be the same tandem in washington darcy kemper number one charlie lindgren your number two goaltender Shepard, your number one call up and, and your starting goaltender down here in Hershey, obviously the Calder Cup MVP. Um, what what else can he do except continue to be exemplary to get that shot in the NHL? But then I think you bring Clay Stevenson up. He was great in his three games last year. He's the only other goaltender that's signed in the organization that has professional experience. Sands one game for Garen Bjorklund. He was hurt. Bjorklund was all season until the last game of the year he played for the Stingrays. So Stevenson impressed. I think he's ready to make that move. I know the organization is happy with his progress. Um, you know, I think he's a goaltender that can play at this level. The reason they signed him out of college uh, to an NHL contract. And, you know, I, I like what I've seen of him and I like his attitude and he was the third goalie in the run. So he got to soak up that experience, but you know, that leaves Gibson, uh, Mitchell Gibson, a draft pick uh, as well as Garen Bjorklund, uh, another guy that they signed that was a draft pick down in South Carolina, that uh, they're both high on each of those guys, but they got to get some pro experience under their belt. Will Shepard get a look? I mean, look, he's got to come in and, play as best as he can. I'm sure he's going to get a little bit more time this year in preseason, as he should. Um, but he's on a two-year deal, uh, making good money in the American Hockey League. They have goaltenders signed for two more seasons with Lindgren's contract up there. But all that he can do is play well and hope for an opportunity. You know, certainly I never hope for injuries, but whether it be by injury, sickness, moves, roster, poor play, all that Shepard can do is continue to play well and, and make his case. There's guys under contract up there. You know, Lindgren's contract isn't huge, but he does have a couple of years left, and he was good for the Capitals last year. So I don't see them making any moves in the goaltending department what they have, but Hunter Shepard should just continue to play well and, and force the issue, whether it, you know, if he ever gets that opportunity, and I certainly hope he does and deserves it this year, you know, make it difficult to, to not keep mentioning his name as a guy that's either a potential call-up or an option for the future. Seems like the best thing he can do is is get his name into the back of the minds of uh, of the coaches. You know, in case something does happen, not that we'd wish, wish that, um, but Hunter Shepard seems to have, he has quite the following down here in Hershey. Bears fans love their goaltenders. Oh, I yeah. a long laundry list of, of 
goalie jerseys you see at Giant Center any given night during during the season. So um, it'll be good to see him and good to see a little bit of uh, Clay Stevenson as well. But um, Zach, thank you so much, brother. We're going to you know wrap this up. Great job having you on at, as all, always, man. And even though at the time this drops, it's August, you know, we'll, we'll be back at Giant Center and we'll, we'll be hearing your voice before you know it, brother. It'll be it's good for you coming on. Hey, I appreciate you, Richard. I mean, what a what a run for the Bears. Um, you know, until that puck drops, um, really going to cherish all these memories and moments. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to, to hopefully get the cup at some point for for a day myself. Uh, the players are have it right now and had it in the month of July as well. So, going to cherish all that. Hopefully, we can do some stuff with the fans with it uh, once it gets back to town um, as well. And and then drop the puck on a new season and you know, back to back, right? The the team did that in yeah. 09 and 10. Um, you know, that's that's the challenge and that's the goal. Uh, but we'll start with just uh, training camp and, you know, really looking forward to being down on the ice and being able to MC raising up that banner on October 14th when we take on Belleville. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're, we already wrote the next chapter in Bears history and a chapter that never been written with game seven in overtime. So looking forward to seeing what the next one can be and can't wait for the new season already. I think I think we all do. And and Bears fans, thank you as always for your time. Listens and down downloads. Thank you to Zach for joining me as as well. Get out there and enjoy the summer of no worries, Bears fans, because we'll be back at Giant Center before you know it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network, where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020 to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. Go Bears!